going to bring a very, very brief uh, couple of thoughts before we finish with prayer. Thank you, Anna. Cool. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm so excited to be able to, to share with you this morning on Adoption Sunday um, about a subject which I'm so passionate about um, and, and on this journey. Um, so can you just click the first slide for me when you're, when you're, when you're ready? So I was praying a lot about um, how to wrap this up in a short amount of time um, and bring a word of encouragement and a word that is challenging as well. Um, here on Adoption Sunday. Um, and as I was praying and seeking God and what to share and what to, what to bring, um, he took me and Becky, well, he didn't take us, we were going anyway. We went to Slovakia, Bratislava last week um, to, for a break. Um, and as we were wandering around the, the city in Bratislava, um, we came across this tree, which I'm going to show you a picture of now. Um, and it was an incredible piece of art that we saw as we was just wandering around and as I first approached this tree I could see that the tree was leaning it had bandages around it was um, clearly broken and in need of support and in need of help and from a distance it looked like what were crosses holding and supporting it up and from a distance it reminded me of my own life and my own journey, of my own brokenness, and my own vulnerability, and the cross of Jesus holding me up. And I know many of you in this congregation have similar stories. But as I got closer to the tree, I could see that um, there wasn't just, there wasn't crosses, but there were actually crutches holding and supporting. And it reminded me, um, as I had a closer look, um, that initial reflection of what Jesus had done for me, but also how our response and our reaction out of that grace that Christ has lavished on us, how we can respond to the world, a broken world, a needing world, and we can be those crutches which are there to stand and hold. And then as I took another turn around and looked, it also reminded me of the church community, we've talked so much about church as being a church family. And I remember once in a meeting at the early, early days of discussing, somebody said, we're a family church. And I said, no, we're not a family church. We're a church family because they're very different things. We are a church family. We're not just a church for families. We're a church family. Um, and it reminded me of, you know, we have times where we are at tree and the congregation is the crutches. And there's times when we're a tree. And there's times when others are a tree. And we come together and support one another. And then I was reminded again of Cecil and the story of the sycamore tree growing up with bandages, broken wounds, trauma. And how we are those crutches, those supports, those strengtheners as roots grow down and and, and, and become secure as we think about fostering and adoption. And it reminded me of a verse, a verse in probably um, my favorite chapter in the Bible. It's uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And I always see Ephesians chapter 2. I used to think of it as the chapter of the therefores, 
the chapters of the buts and the chapters of the consequentlies. Because Ephesians 2 paints this picture of our state. It paints this picture of where we are, where I am without Jesus. But then at every turn, it brings a therefore or a but or a consequently, which means the story is not over. And I was reminded of the the last part in Ephesians 2 verse 19, which says, consequently, after we've read a whole chapter of, 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 of what could make you feel quite down and depressed and hopeless and broken and vulnerable, but then we get this consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. And in some verses and some interpretations, it says adopted into God's family. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets of Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And just for me, understanding that and knowing that, that there's a consequently in the brokenness. There's a consequently, the story doesn't end. And as we reflect on Adoption Sunday, I wanted to title this talk today, um, The Possibilities in the Consequently. The Possibilities in the Consequently. Because I really believe, um, for me, having received that consequently, having lived through that consequently and living in that, we all have stories of events in our lives, situations, that have consequently sentenced us. And some are good, some are positive, some are painful, some are hurt, but they all have consequentlies. But I really believe, church, in this area of adoption and fostering, there is a possibility in the consequently. Because at any one, in any one year, there are 33,000 children that go into care. And I hate statistics because they just become numbers. So think about some of the young people that you've seen come through this church. But 33,000. And that's 90 a day. And there is a shortage of 9,000 foster carers in the UK. And 4,500 adopted parents. And again, they can just be numbers, but they're not. They're children. They're children. And I believe, church, that there is a possibility in the consequently of all 33,000 of those children. There is a possibility in the consequently if as a church, as a collective, we come together to make a difference for those children. Just click to the next slide. So... How do we do that? And, and, and you know, well, not all of us are going to be called to be adoption, adoptive parents or foster carers. But there are ways in which we can. And Home for Good give three main ways. Alan and Mary have already alluded to this and talked to it. But adopt and foster is one way that we can get involved. And it was so encouraging going to the Home for Good um, conference a few weeks ago. And it was filled with families um, and individuals and people who were just sold out for fostering. It wasn't all foster carers. 
And I would encourage you next year to come along because this is a, it's, you know, some people will have different roles in this story. Some people have different roles, but come along and support this journey because it was a room full of people, a room full of kids. And as me and Becky walked through that door and you saw these children and you imagine their stories and you imagine the possibility of a consequently with our hearts broke and we were crying and it was really powerful. And I just think, you know, there's such a possibility. We heard amazing stories that, uh, um, that, that we can share more, but like of churches in Nottingham and Bristol and Southampton and Mary mentioned Worcester of local authorities coming to the churches and saying you know the church is going to the local authority and saying we can help you meet this need in Nottingham they have signed up to meet the annual quota of foster carers that the local authority need can you imagine the possibility my consequently for that you can just click on it's not working Okay, cool. Um, a huge possibility. The Bible says, there's a verse which I was going to share when, when me and Becky were sharing, that, that really just continues to speak to me. It's Isaiah 58, verse 10, and it's uh, entitled under true fasting. And it says that um, if you spend yourself on behalf of um, the uh, hungry and the oppressed, then your light will shine in the darkness. And that's what... Jesus calls us to do to be lights of the world. And I feel there's a huge possibility here um, for us as church to make a huge impact in adoption and fostering. The other thing that Home for Good encourages us to do is to give. And on there, it talked about, um, when Mary talked about it, this isn't just about financial. It's about your time. It's about um, whether you're a foster carer or not, or an adopted parent or not. As a church, we can give our time, we can give our things, um, we can give our money. And it reminded me of the possibility and the consequently of the early church. We read in Acts chapter 4 that the church came together and they pulled all of their resources together. And the consequently in that was that nobody was in need. And that's not just financially. It doesn't specify that that's financially. It's nobody was in need financially with support, with care with the whole community coming around. The other thing we know we can do, and we've been encouraged um, in those stories, is pray, and that's what Home for Good encourages us to do. Um, you know, as foster carers and as adoptive parents, um, we, we, we will be trying and we do try our hardest, but prayer is what breaks through. We serve a God who brings about audacious miracles, whether that's the sun standing still as Joshua calls for it, or the blind seeing, or the lame walking. As a community, we can come together and we can pray because we see the consequently throughout Scripture that has began with prayer, that has affected so many lives. So church, this is about all of us. It's about community. I believe there's a vision and a possibility to affect the consequently of 33,500 young people a year. And wherever you sit within this picture, wherever you are, I believe we have a part to play. I believe we have a, all have a part to play because the possibility is huge. And finally, I just wanted to to point one final thing, which Home for Good don't include in their 
three main things, but what I think is so important as we think about this body and we think about family, I don't know if it will click, if not, don't worry, but the idea of family, we're a church family, we're a church community together, and there will be times when we are the tree, there will be times when we need to be the crutches, and what I'm really asking church is that you support this. You support us as foster carers and adoptive parents. Um, and, you know, it's a great way of practicing the fruits of the Spirit. Love, patience, kindness, forbearance. Because it's going to be times when it's messy. There's going to be times when it's hard. But we can support each other. And I was really thinking, you know, like a famous wedding, um, you know, the famous wedding verse, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 um, talks about what love is. But, you know, that's not just for weddings. That's for life. And that's, I really believe, is now for this community as a family, as we think about fostering and adoption. But love, we need to be patient. We need to show kindness. I don't I have it on there, but I don't think it's coming up. And I'm going to butcher it. Um, but forgiveness, empathy, understanding. And as a family... I want us to remember that tree. Just go, just go, just go back one. I don't think I put the First Corinthians 13 on. But as a family, I really call us to support and encourage um, each other to, at times, there's going to be brokenness where we're going to feel that and we're going to need the crutches. There's going to be times when you have that brokenness and we can be those crutches to you as well. But, you know, there is a huge possibility in the consequently. Really believe there's a huge possibility. And I feel God is calling the church to stand up and rise up to support these vulnerable young, young people. And I'm just going to end on one final, final anecdote. I know I'm running out of time slightly, but um, back when I worked in the fire service, um, I, I got to the position of the head of road safety in a, in a team. Um, and we would, you know, our job, like my objectives were to reduce, reduce the number of people killed and seriously injured on the road. That was what my job was to do. And um, I remember Leicestershire Fire and Rescue Service launched this VR experience, virtual reality for young people. Um, and I remember looking at them and thinking, West Midlands Fire Service is the second biggest fire brigade in the country. And Leicestershire were on the news. They had all this VR stuff, and they were impacting all these young people, um, potentially affecting them consequently. And you know what? I thought, that's, you know, I want to be part. We should be part of that. You know, we should be part of that story. We should be on the, on the news doing the VR stuff. Like, we should be part of that. And... Um, I launched a, a, a vision and, and, and an idea to, to do something that no other fire service had ever done, a, a VR experience which was different and, 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 and better. But that's, the point is, the point is, you know what? I don't want to sit here and see Nottingham Local Authority, Bristol Local Authority, Worcester Local Authority, seeing the church move, when here in Shirley, in Solihull, in Birmingham, we can see that. I don't want to sit there and see VR being taken up by lots of other places when we can do that. But it's going to mean that we're going to need to be family. We're going to have to support each other and get involved because I really believe 
in that Ephesians 2 vision of the consequently, the possibilities in that consequently. Thank you, church. Thank you, Richard. Okay, sorry, we are, um, we are um, winding up. Could you just go back one slide? Thank you. That's great. So we're just going to pray now. But before we pray, just to mention two things. Um, if you uh, are interested, uh, in February, um, there is going to be a celebration at Birmingham Cathedral for Home for Good, which will be a time of thanksgiving. And also in the new year, we'll be hosting a Home for Good meal um, for the local area where we'll be inviting people to come and hear about fostering and adoption and the many different roles that are uh, involved in this journey. It's not just um, perhaps the frontline staff uh, in the trenches, it's all the support staff that are also uh, involved. So could we stand please and pray? So we, um, if we could go back, sorry. The, so we want to pray for the vulnerable children in the care system and those that care for them. And we want to acknowledge that each of the 73,000 children in care were created by God the Father and have an eternal purpose. So um, Richard was saying that over 30,000 kids come into care while they're obviously adding to the ones who are already there. And so altogether there are roughly 73,000 kids in care. And if we don't break this cycle, then their kids will be in care. And it's, that's, the, you know, that's the thing. They'll be in prison. They'll be unable to get jobs. And we need to break this cycle with God's miraculous power. So if you could click on, that would be great. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for every child whose story is painful. Lord, you are needed in every situation. And we bring before you every child who has suffered. Where there has been neglect... Would you bring restoration and pour out your grace? Where there has been abuse, would you bring healing and pour out your love? Where there is loss and grief, would you bring wholeness and pour out your peace? Where there is anger and hurt, would you bring comfort and pour out your hope? Where there is confusion and the future is unsure, would you bring understanding and call your people to respond? Please sustain and encourage all who are trying to care for vulnerable children. May your love sustain them. Amen. So thank you, church. Thank you for being a family to us all. And may we be welcoming to every single person who has needs, adult or child, who comes into our midst. So uh, we will end there. Uh, coffee in the lounge and may you have a blessed week. Don't forget the picnic later. Lots of love.